Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey Greasers, hope you're having an okay week, hope you haven't got rained on when you thought it was going to be sunny and and burnt when you thought it was going to be rainy. It's been a confusing week hasn't it? Always good to start with some some weather chat. Just a reminder that Griefcast Live is coming up, it'll be tomorrow because this is released on Wednesday, I'm recording this on Tuesday night and it is this Thursday June the 6th if you live in London at the Udderbelly Festival we're actually in the Spiegel tent if you head to the Udderbelly Festival website you can get tickets I will be joined by Jeff Lloyd from Reasons to be Cheerful Camille Yukan from the Birthday Girls podcast and Josie Long from Shortcuts BBC Radio 4 Shortcuts if you haven't been to a live one before it's a really nice relaxed event we just chat about death and funerals uh, but in a very relaxed easy fashion so I would love for you to join us this week, I'm talking to stand-up, writer and podcaster Sophie Hagen. Sophie won the Best Newcomer Award in Edinburgh in 2015. Uh, she's also been seen and heard on BBC Three, BBC One, Radio Four, Comedy Central. She started the original Guilty Feminist podcast with past guest Deborah Francis-White. Uh, and now she has the incredible Made of Human podcast, which if you haven't heard, is a really beautiful, beautiful listen where she just interviews comedians and lots of, actually lots of people, activists and um, all sorts of people about what makes 
Snakes and Human, and she has a new one called Secret Dinosaur Cult as well, which is very, very interesting. And really exciting, she has a brand new book out. It's called Happy Fat, Taking Up Space in a World That Wants to Shrink You. It came out very recently. Lena Dunham has recommended it. And it's, yeah, it's a really, really brilliant, interesting read. And, you know, she is a hugely interesting person and 100% worth listening to and following on all sorts of things. And she came in to talk to me about her granddad and just generally how she feels about grief and death. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with comedian, writer, podcaster and activist Sophie Hagen. Hello. Hello. Oh, I thought I'd remembered how to say hello in Danish. No, and you know, all I can say is tak for mal. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I miss that in the UK because oh. there's no equivalent of that. Well, that just means thank you for my food, doesn't it? Thank you for my... Yeah, but it's it's such a quick <laughs> tak for mal. But oh. you'd say it basically after if someone's bought your food, if someone's cooked your food, yeah. served your food. But there's no... Yeah, I, there's no I, I often start saying it. So I go, thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And then you go, oh, thank you for cooking me this. But it's, it becomes this long, almost yeah. formal. I would like to thank you ever so kindly <laughs> for providing food. Yeah. When Denmark is just like, oh, tak for Yeah, tak for I know. I really like yeah. it. Yeah. The only other one I know is Holkeft. <laughs> also very relevant. Oh, relevant. Which is, very, is shut up. Is like, shut up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mum's friend, my mum's like one of her oldest friends is Danish. Oh. And she had a daughter, has a daughter. And they would argue in Danish around me. So that's why I picked up whole How does it sound to you? I can tell you it sounds like this. Like that. That's that sounds amazing. That is <laughs> the strange, one of the strangest language experiences I've ever had of hearing how my language yeah, sounds. Because I, I felt like I almost understood it, yeah. even though there were no words in it ah, apart from whole <laughs> That's what she oh Claire. That's what Claire had always done, something. Claire. Oh gift. <laughs> and so I sort of would, I'd tune out, but I'd always be like, oh, she's done something bad. That's <laughs> yeah, there are some words that are the yeah. same. I need yeah. to be careful when I you know, talk oh, yeah. to like on the phone. I'll feel too free when I'm amongst even like British friends, I'll be like, yeah. yeah, I'm just sitting here and he's so hard. And I'll be like, wait, let's be careful. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, some never words know. are and you never know who's Danish around you. You never know who's... You I mean, know. I feel like I do. I feel <laughs> yeah, like they're yeah, so yeah. easy to spot. I've done shows where I've, I've been, like, looking over the crowd and I've been pointing to this little group of people. I've been like, you're Danish, right? They're like, yeah. You can just tell there's That's something... That's what my mum's the... friend says. She sees them yeah. she's Danish. Yeah. Danish. And I mean, but to be fair, she says it every time. Yeah. So then... <laughs> you're like well we don't always ask you know don't always find out the answer but yeah, yeah she swears true. she's like you can tell you can just something there about is something them. there is yeah. something wow. I, it's hard to exp- it's like the clothes the look the yeah i don't know there's something about it um so sophie obviously oh uh, yeah death yeah yes. death sorry yeah sorry uh, it's so hard for me because like i always have a nice chat with the guests and i have to be like sorry just pulling into the <laughs> second gear here um who are we remembering today so it's a bit of a i think that what i Okay, so what I want to talk about, <laughs> sure. I think, is my biological grandfather. But I kind of had to think quite hard about this because cause he wasn't a good guy mm-hmm. in any <laughs> in any, any way. way. No redeeming features. So it's sort of like, I, uh, talking about him will talk touch upon grief, but I'm not that sad yeah that's okay you don't have to be sad oh no uh, oh yeah no good it's not a show like people i don't you don't need to be like and then they died no 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 it's just your experience of it well i think i think it's just because well okay so in general i have something 
which the definition of the diagnosis seems to change according to which of my therapists I speak to. But I think it's called complex. It's complex trauma or complex PTSD. Wow. Which basically. <laughs> There's no way of saying basically about this because it's super complicated. It's in the word complex. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am very dissociated, more or less at all times. So I flee from most feelings, mm. basically. So my grandfather's a bit of a different story, but I've had two other deaths of people who I was f- to a certain degree close to. And I've never been to any of their funerals mm. because my whole body and my brain shuts down yeah yeah and just any kind of you might be sad it just goes blank and i can feel my body get physically cold wow almost as if i just completely disconnect and go, yeah yeah we're not feeling this wow um that is common when it comes to grief like i've spoken to other yeah. people who just yeah yeah i think you you almost go one of two ways like you almost sort of like feel it so raw that it's hard to process and exist or yeah there's you know i remember the mac twins episode one of them really felt it, cried, and the other one can't really tell you what happened for a year. That's so interesting. She's like, I can't remember it. But I that sounds like, yeah. like PTSD, which yeah. is the primary... I'm trying to remember all the words. The, <laughs> like the, the primary uh, PTSD, which is an event happens, and then you kind of go cold, and then at some point, when your yeah. brain knows you're ready, you have a breakdown and you feel all the feelings. <laughs> yeah, your brain's like... Ah, now <laughs> yeah exactly it's nice it's pure it's easy to understand yeah complex trauma is you know instead of it being a, one thing happens and then later something else happens it's a lot of things happen a mm. thousand things happen some are big some are small some are uh intense some are deep some are scary some are and then you're kind of in the middle of it and you're kind of you know just all these balls coming towards you all the time and you're kind of trying to dash them away yeah, and ignore yeah. it, you know so it's like a very uh, I want to say the word intricate, but I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Like, yeah, it's like you can't you can't sort of pull it apart and make it neat. It's yeah, like it's yeah. like a cat's cradle puzzle. It's like it's all kind of like, oh, this is really yeah. You it's pull all one, one thing big... and then something else comes out. Yeah, exactly. So it's not even just grief. It's basically all feelings. Yeah, <laughs> it's all feelings that I somehow all have to <laughs> anger, general sense, yeah. happiness, sometimes love, intimacy, all feelings. I'm kind of trying to. Well, I have two therapists now, so I am working on it. <laughs> She's putting the of... money in, guys. She's oh, put the time in. She's my doing God. it. <laughs> and they know each other. They know about each other. That's I'm not good. cheating on any of that. <laughs> but like, I think that sort of has to... The reason why my grandfather is a good starting point or focus is because of the way my family is put together. Because at the moment, there's not a lot... Oh, this is going to sound so... <laughs> there's not a lot of my family members... You know, my grandmother is 96 and very close to dying. And she's a psychopath. Uh, My other grandfather, I mean, he's not that old, but hopefully that will happen soon. He's a horrible, horrible, abusive, horrible man. And I know this, especially because people listening will probably have a relationship with grief and stuff. So I'm not talking about, you know, disregarding someone who was actually... This is like a... It's sort of the... the question we have in my family at the moment is how do we react when these people die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But I think it's re- really important, and we do try and cover this on the show, and I think it's it's so important that grief... I think sometimes if you're, if you're not in the club, if you haven't experienced it, you can be like, oh, someone dies and everyone's sad. And if you don't have that reaction because of family relationships, you can feel very isolated. Of like, oh, I'm 
I'm not allowed in the sad club because I hated them. And we have had a few episodes where people have had very difficult relationships with the parent or the grandfather, you know, or the sibling. And I think it's so important to talk about because most relationships are deeply complicated and deeply flawed. And when someone dies, that does not disappear. You don't suddenly yeah. go, oh, well, now I feel fine about everything that happened. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm still angry. I'm still pissed off. I'm still damaged. I'm still hurt. And they're not here. Yeah. So I can't tell them or shout at them or resolve yeah. it or talk it through. So I think it's really, it's actually a lot more common than the kind of, I would say I have like a handful of episodes where people are like, we had a really great time. They died and I was <laughs> yeah. really sad. But I said I love you and they said I love you and it was wonderful. Like that, yeah. I would count them on one hand compared to yeah. the... So the complex... It was complicated, it was difficult. Well, my, my, my third show was about my... Uh, not the grandfather who's who died. Well, I mentioned him as well in it. But the other grandfather. The first time I talked about him on stage and saying like how horrible of a person he was, a woman came up to me afterwards and she was like, my mother died. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry? <laughs> And she said, no, 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 she was a huge cunt. And <laughs> I've just never been able to say that to anyone because you have to be really yeah, kind about, yeah. you know, your family and especially if they passed away. And and she was like, it was so refreshing <laughs> just hearing someone yeah, say those yeah. things. And I think it's really, some people are cunts. Oh, yeah. You know, some people are. And when they die, that doesn't stop them being cunts. And the complexity of once you were a child and you didn't yeah, know. Yeah, you didn't That's, understand. You know, do you grieve for what the child has yeah, that's really Lost, hard. Isn't you know, it? My, so my mom is, you know, where I obviously have learned most about my emotions from, and she's she's not had an official diagnosis because um, she's never sought it, but she's most likely uh, autistic, mm. f- secondhand diagnosis from a lot of therapists, yeah. but she's never actually had it officially. But we had a chat when I was home the last time, and she was like, <laughs> she's so rational about everything and has no sense of timing or you know social cues so I was like having a great time doing some work and she suddenly went I will not go to my mother's funeral and I was like oh okay that's a big <laughs> that's a huge first of all she's not dead yet yep. so okay let's have this discussion I'll just pack away my stuff and tell people that I need to go for a bit what uh, and she was just like well you know she was not a good mother to me so I don't think I will go because it doesn't change that she is mm, dead. Yeah. So why would I go? She will be dead. It won't matter to her. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, this is so tricky because, <laughs> you know, what is the right answer? I want to be like, yeah. yeah, but you need to say goodbye. And she was like, but I will not say goodbye because I can say goodbye within myself at home. I'm like, okay, yes. Uh, also, maybe she is right. Yeah. Is the whole idea of funerals silly? Is it, how do you react in that situation? I was like, Ah, it was so tricky because I don't have the answer. She was meant to be the one who yeah. gave me the answers at some point. <laughs> yeah. like, I can't help you, mom. <laughs> I think it's so it's so personal. It's so mm. personal, and I think I mean, it so depends on what your relationship. But if it was deeply complex and deeply traumatic, I think it's very understandable. You're like being at a funeral is not it's not going to change that. If it might, I would say if it might help you. Yeah. Like if you would feel like because they're dead. Yeah. There's no helping them. Yeah. But if you personally would gain something from going to a funeral, being like actually being in that moment, thinking about a relationship, crying, grieving the person I don't have, that might help, then sure. But if not, that's okay. Like, yeah. there's no rules to these things. So, well, we, so Yeah, so we only ever went to that one funeral, which was my grandfather's. Which is, and what was his name? Let's just get his name. Oh, his name is uh, Sven. Sven, of course. <laughs> of course. Sven. Sven. So the, <laughs> the sort of funny, uh, dramatic story is that he, he was married to my grandmother, Inga. 
England, England Sven. Oh, perfect. And they had four children, her mom, her sister, and her two brothers. And Sven was very physically abusing, so he beat up the children quite harshly. My grandmother then did nothing mm. to stop it. And that's not... You've, we know enough about women yeah. in abusive relationships and how it's not easy to yeah, of course. leave and, and to stop someone. As and well. the time yeah. as well. Was, this must have been the 30s, the 40s, Yeah, no one was like, people shouldn't do that. People yeah, you're like, an independent woman. No, no, they were like, yeah, he should probably hit them. That's, yeah, it's that's like, normal. What have they done to deserve that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But then my, what my grandmother did do was um, when this hot, hot younger piece of ass oh. moved in across the street. Yes, please. <laughs> she started having an affair with him. Wow. Ip was his name. I-B. Ip. And he was a trucker. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So this she, is yeah. like, this is quite David Lynchian in a way. Yeah, like, I really yeah. feel like I can see this, <laughs> yeah, like in the Midwest version of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only it's a very little, like, cute suburb. Yeah. Uh, so she's having an affair with him and eventually left her wow. husband for him. Wow. To live in a camping, camper van. Oh, camper van. Yeah, yeah. For, I don't know how many years. And my mom at this point was, I think, 14. And she so was she, the youngest. Wow. So she left the kids with... The dad. Yeah, but they must have. Oh, they must have been a fair bit older, so they must have been like teenagers. Right. Okay. Yeah, so I think yeah. by then she was like, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, they obviously all have now. My job here is done, guys. <laughs> yeah, they have complex lives and issues now. Yeah. Uh, all of them, and you know, my mom is weirdly the most functioning of them, mm. which is saying a lot. Uh, so she left with this new guy, who then, and I think some of it must have been because he wasn't physically abusive, mm. but he was emotionally. Okay. Yeah like torturous like horrific so she's been with him ever since and he's 13 years younger than her so they moved around quite a lot he was also an alcoholic and he was very very mean to my mother and she obviously has this blame of Mm. you know why did you put me in a camper van with this horrible human being so my my biological grandfather Sven when he was left he was very shocked he didn't know what to do so he, uh, but he ended up marrying a woman. I think she was called Anna. It's a very lovely woman. And he, from what I understand, he became very soft yeah. after that. Very gentle and just almost like this broken man who was now going to be really nice to his wife. Because yeah, what yeah. if she leaves too or yeah, whatever? He learned his lesson. Yeah, okay. but by then, you know, a lot of the damage had <laughs> been yeah. done. My mother then, when she got pregnant with me, she moved to this tiny, so they, so this is all in Sjælland, which is like the part of Denmark where Copenhagen is. So oh, yeah, the yeah. East, <laughs> the east of Denmark. In the south of Denmark, it's like a, it's, uh, its own little island, Funen. Mm. And this makes sense if people look at the map. I don't imagine people know just how Denmark looks in their heads. So my mom moved like far away uh, to live near my grandmother and her husband, my step-grandfather. For the first 10 years of my life, mm. for that time, she didn't really speak that much to her biological father, like mm. my grand- biological grandfather, Sven. But then when she realized that my step-grandfather was abusive and horrible to me and my sister and her and everyone, she then moved back to the town where Sven still lived. Right, okay. So from then on, we kind of started seeing him. Right, he became, yeah, a part of your life. Yes, but not a lot. Like I, yeah. rem- I have these vague memories of... You know, he lived between where we lived and the local gym. When I went to badminton or when I went swimming or when I went to the fitness center or if I went to watch football, like that whole area, you had to pass his house. So sometimes I would stop by there and get some sweets or get some money or just like say hi. 
but I don't have many actual memories. I have a memory of his car and the smell in his car, this old, old green car. And he had a very specific kind of Danish sweets called something like Kongebolsche or something, like a king. That is very sweet. And that's sort of my only real memory of him. And then, so I was at work. I worked for the Danish Refugee Council. I must have been 21, 22. And my mother, again, probably autistic, no kind of understanding of emotions and how they work. She texted me at work. She was like, um, I don't know if it was that he died or he, if he was going. I think he had, I think he got cancer. And she messaged me, oh, uh, hello, your grandfather's going to die. <laughs> and then she wrote, but, that, uh, but that's not something we should pretend to be sad about. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I was just like a looking... lot to unpack in a text message, <laughs> right? And I yeah. was like, "Oh, this is so classic." Her of like, right? Okay, I guess I need to now just sit for a bit and try yeah. and think this over. Because that's very much how she, you know, in her mind, you know, uh, my sister lost her. She didn't even lose her rabbit. There was like a risk that she would might maybe would lose her rabbit at some point. And my mom was just like, well, you have not uh, cared for it for a bit. Someone else has been looking after it. So you cannot care about it. So, of course, you are not sad about this. Wow. My sister was like, well, I, I am sad about it. She's like, sad. no, you cannot be sad about it. You are pretending because actually you have not seen it for a few weeks. And if you really cared about it, you would have seen it more often. You know, there's this trying to make feelings wow. logical. So she yeah, was like, you have not yeah. seen your grandfather for many years. And he was not a nice person. So you are not sad about him dying. <laughs> And it's such like, a complex... Mm, yeah, because I'm human, so I will be. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll think, oh, but he's me and he's my f- blood relation. That's yeah, weird. Yeah, there should and, be... So- I've met him before. Yeah, and I know, know. I know who he was. And also that means I will die and everyone yeah. will die. Like, that's that's the sadness. Even if you don't know someone, you're like, oh. Hmm. Yeah. Because that's also like saying you could watch, like, you know, a terrible thing on the news and be like, well, I don't know any of those people. Yeah, I was just but like, yeah. a, a, you know, it's not like she doesn't cry at movies. <laughs> like you, you did not know Tom Hanks, yeah. mother. So why are you crying at this? Yeah, I quite, I, it's it's a very good and a very bad thing at times. Her yeah, call. of course, and obviously it's, it must be difficult for her because oh, the world doesn't much. act like that. But yeah. she also has the confidence of someone who's like, well, everyone should be like this. <laughs> this is what makes the most sense. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So you get this text message. So I got this text, and I think he must. I think he died a few days later, and I didn't really know how to what to do with it Mm. which is sort of how I feel about oh not feel about most feelings Mm. I'm sort of I had this very intense strange uh, therapy session last week where we were talking about rejection and humiliation Mm. and I was going through some times in my life when I've been rejected and I was telling her how like it doesn't bother me like I never really care Mm. if anything it kind of energizes me I'm like oh I don't care this is amazing and she was like, no, you care. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure I don't. <laughs> and she's like, no, because it hurts to be rejected. You feel humiliated. Mm. She was like, this is how you feel when you are rejected. And she did a, like an act out mm. of being rejected. So she went full, like her face got all scrambled up. And she was like, oh, no. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, I can't believe they said no. Oh, this hurts so much. Oh, no. Who will they tell? Oh, no. Who will, will people find out? This is so embarrassing. Yeah. She did this whole act out. And I was just staring at her like, <laughs> Wow. Wow, that's what it looks like. Is that how you're meant to do this? <laughs> and I've been thinking about it for a week now. Like, wow, so that's how I'm meant to be processing feelings and acknowledging them. Yeah, it's difficult. My therapist always says that. She's like, um, 
you know, there's a normal level of anxiety. And I'm like, I do not, <laughs> I do not know what that is. Like, so it's really confusing to me. She's like, well, like, you know, a no- person with normal levels of anxiety might feel like this. And I was like, well, I've never, ever felt like that. So that's like saying, well, a Danish person would say this in Danish. It's like, well, I can't speak it. So I don't know. So, it. I don't know. so it means nothing to me. <laughs> she really likes to make me think about it, though. But yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's what they're meant to do. Annoyingly. Yeah. Annoyingly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's interesting because you, like you said, you know, saying about your mum and the people who you were growing up around, like, I think emotion has, you have to sort of be taught it. Yeah. So if you haven't been taught it, and I think this is the problem, like, I think some, some parents maybe like, like happiness is something that maybe it's easier to express sometimes or sadness but I think when it comes to death a lot of parents don't know yeah how they're supposed to feel like no one knows because we don't talk about it so there's no practice you don't get to be like oh I see this is how it feels and this is like so everyone's yeah. just like oh they died um so yeah I, I can understand being like right okay now what so yeah, yeah it's- and it's sort of the same so when the two like I think the main death um that actually I was going to say it bothered me. It almost sounds like it's like an annoyance, doesn't it? That just shows where my brain goes. Like got to you, yeah. Yeah, or at least should have gotten. To. There mm. was um, it was a promoter here in the UK who saw me do this horrible showcase, like an international showcase, and I had just moved to the country. It, this must be oh seven, eight years ago mm. or something. And he was <laughs> oh, I latched onto him from the beginning, and he latched onto me, and he was just like. I will show you the world. I will take care of you. I'm going to make you a star. And we had all these meetings and he was just like, he taught me all these things about comedy and authenticity and showing your soul on stage and taking risks. And like he was teaching me how to do comedy in a way that I've never had anyone say before. Yeah, yeah. And it was just so, he was just like, right now you have to send me this long email about all of your pain because we need to find out what your pain is. And it was so, I was like, yes. <laughs> Here is my oh, pain. Please. Thank you. It was so good. And then he got a brain tumor. And I think I always just thought, you know, it'll be it'll be okay. a few months or so. And yeah. then, you know, we'll start talking again afterwards. And then he died. And in retrospect, I... I just took a, what felt like a natural step back mm. without knowing that it was not how people usually react. Yeah. You know, people would usually stay, you know, talk to them, help them, talk to their family, mm. be a real person about things. But my logic was to go, oh, yes, okay, you're dealing with some things. I'll be over here until you're finished. Okay, thank you, bye. <laughs> and then suddenly he had died. And I was, of course, invited to the funeral and I was just like, there was just no way in hell that I was going. I just mm. could like the very idea. I just it was just not an option. There was it was just wasn't an option. What do you think you were afraid of going, or was yeah. it just yeah? It's just oh, absolutely being at feeling place. the feeling. It's yeah. the it's the it's the um, what's it called like dodging. Oh, dodging. When yeah, you keep yeah, yeah. dodging these, you know, so you never have feelings to feel, yeah. that come towards you. So you know, it's like the same way I can have a crush on someone for six months and then when they turn around and go yeah I like you too I'm like okay goodbye now 
Goodbye forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not doing this because now there's suddenly a yeah. There's a chance this might be a thing. I have to like. Actually... I might have to have to feel something now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I had a boyfriend for a week, and then I started getting nosebleeds. <laughs> I had like nosebleeds that lasted for six hours at a time. And I was oh like, I'm, my God. I'm gonna die now because of this relationship. Oh my God! Sorry, <laughs> bless you. Maybe he wasn't right. If he's causing nosebleeds, it might be in your body being like, this is not the <laughs> one for not you. The one. Your nose is like, no way. It smells bad. <laughs> not for us. It smells bad. Like, we can sense it. But I think that's you know what it's surprisingly common. And that's part of what this um, this show highlights. Like so many, so many people on like the Twitter will be like, "A friend stepped away from me," and I couldn't believe it. But I think if you haven't been, and this is the thing, like I was, like we call it the club, but like I was joined the club very early. So when you join something at fifteen, it becomes normal. That is my normal: is that people die. Like yeah. that's very much my normal. So if a friend told me they had a brain tumor, I'd be like, "Oh, you're gonna die." Yeah. So I need to spend a quite a bit of time with you because our time is limited. Now, the trouble with my brain is that they might be like, I've got a headache. And I'd be like, it's probably oh, yeah, a brain tumor. You're going to die. So, and then when people are like, no, it's actually not. Oh, yeah, can I just thing. live? And I'm like, no, I planned your funeral. <laughs> and I'm ready. And I know what I'm going to wear. I know what I'm going to say. And I'm here for you. I'm so intense. It's so it's so much when life isn't <clears throat> actually death. Is that your defense? Um, is it a way of being like, you know, in the way when, when some people are really sad, they say, I'm fine? I think it's a way of being in control of it. Yeah. So it's like, because... Because death is, even though I'm, you know, au fait with it, it's still terrifying. So I think I feel like, right, you're dying. I'm, I'm here. I'm on it. I'm going to get every moment out of this. We're going to do it together and you're going to die properly. Yeah. I'm not going to waste any of this death. <laughs> Just so, them trying to yeah, turn yeah. off the yeah. life support machine desperately. <laughs> oh, please quietly, don't. Like, no, we're going to make sure that you've said everything. You've felt everything. We've done this together. Because I think I didn't do that with my dad because I was yeah. 15. And so, you know, it's very difficult. And I yeah. felt like the way you're describing it's often how I felt. I was like, I don't have the vocabulary. Like, yeah. I, I, I definitely felt things, but I was like, I couldn't tell you what I was feeling because it was just like it's so overwhelming and so massive so I think I think the stepping away is surprisingly common because people just don't know what to do yeah it's just pure panic panic yeah and I think having done a show in Sweden about death I I wonder if if Denmark has a similar thing of it's quite similar to England that there's a slight sense of the polite thing to do is to leave people to it like slightly I think that's like the, the 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 reaction with most things in general. Yeah, like it's I, I it's, a, it's one of the most I don't remember the place like one first, second, third or fourth country in the world in terms of being the hardest place to make friends in. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, know a lot of people who are like I'm going to move to Denmark. It's going to be great. And then after 6 months they're like I've still not spoken to anyone. <laughs> no one wants to speak to me. This is horrible. Yeah, that's it's a very they, private, very That's what they were saying in Sweden know. that they're very shy and yeah. that it would be rude to be like, oh, so your your so and so is is sick with cancer. How can I help you? You'd be like, oh, that's very rude. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you get on with it. Yeah, and then when it's done, you know, we can say, hope you're okay. <laughs> and I think that's quite British as well. There's definitely we have a sensibility of like I don't want to intrude. It's mm. a very sort of common old. But also you have phrase. this whole suppression of all emotions as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you, you're that not going to just of grief. the fear of someone going yeah actually I'm really sad and then they start crying it's like whoa that's the worst thing that can back happen. Away, back yeah, yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> that's so I think what you're yeah what you're describing is surprisingly common with with death as well. Yeah. I think people just think I, I'm so worried about saying something wrong. Or being involved in a situation which I, I might make it worse, or I don't know what to do, or I react incorrectly. Yeah. So I just, I'll just back away because then yeah. I can't, I won't do anything wrong that way because I'm sort of over here not doing anything, and that's safer than doing it and getting it wrong. I read a book by uh, 
someone, <laughs> and they had described how um, the the um, they had had cancer and they were describing that. And part of the book was, it was not a good book. <laughs> was, I mean, bless this person for writing this book. It's fine, but there was a whole segment about how people had reacted wrongly. Yeah, yeah. And there was yeah. a big segment about how he had. Someone had texted him and said, "How are you?" And he was like, "Well, I just had cancer." And the guy had said, "Oh, um, okay. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I had a headache, and that was also really bad." <laughs> and then he was just like, "How dare you? Yeah, How yeah. dare?" And I understand the emotions. I understand yeah. you can be like, "Are you fucking joking me? Are you yeah. going to compare this to a you know?" But at the same time. I'm like he answered you. You know we're trying. Yeah, we're yeah. all trying. Can we talk about how utterly horrifying yeah. it is to not know what to say yeah, to these things? Yeah. And it was very. I mean, it's sort of how I, when I really appreciate my mother is like when I desperately do not want to feel. She's very good. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. Why would you? <laughs> um, the actual. It was the first funeral I went to, and I don't even really remember why we went. Uh, my grandfather's uh, funeral. I don't I genuinely don't know why and he was it was quite obvious how bad of a person he had been because the uh, church was kind of almost divided into two there was her like his new wife side of the mm. family and there were so many people and they were c- crying and they were really really sad that he'd gone and there were all the people who met him once he'd become yeah. a soft nice guy and then it was just empty <laughs> where we were sitting it was like me and my mother my sister so weird some lady that we weren't really sure who was and that was it and they were clearly very they were they didn't like that none, almost none of his children were there mm. and then people didn't seem to care but we kind of knew and it was very strange because we were just sitting there and <laughs> there was a moment so there's a danish song called uh, which which means are you dus with uh the birds in the sky <laughs> Aww. Are you friends with the birds, basically? Nice. So it's this whole song about you know nature and animals yeah. and how it's all lovey-dovey. And one of the things that my uh, grandfather did when he was still alive and when back before my grandmother left was uh, one of my mother's most uh, vivid memories from that time was uh, watching him kick her dog to death. And it was one of the stories of how... Oh, my God. What, well, yeah, exactly, how much of a piece of shit this guy was. And she would tell us the story quite... Uh, whenever we talked about him and then we were sitting in this church and it was you know obviously there's so much tension and you know all these people were crying and you know he was in this casket and and the the priest did the eulogy and then he introduced the song and it was that song (laughs) and I just could it was like all of the all of the tension and all of these emotions I was trying to run from became laughter yeah of course it's funny that's just like what else can you do but laugh at that because it's like so funny and i could not (laughs) i just couldn't my mom never laughs and even she was laughing and we're just like this is the worst i'm a bad person like of all the songs to have chosen that is the worst song for that person yeah 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 and i said it to my mom (laughs) and this is why i brought it into my show as well so it's a bit i hate it when people retell i'm I'm not telling this the way i'm telling it as a joke um i just changed it to another song but um but it is true that when I then said it to my mom, when I was like, can I tell this story on, on stage? Um, I told her the whole, like how I was going to tell it. And she, of course, doesn't laugh at anything. <laughs> um, but then she did kind of start to laugh a bit. And I was like, what? And then she told me about how she had been, like when he died and when they'd done all the arrangements and you know, who gets what mm. and all yeah. these things with his wife's new family. 
and they had gotten together to figure out what songs to sing. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, like they had suggested that, and she'd been like, yeah, do that. And then she was just laughing. She was laughing. She was like, hey. like she totally planned for that to happen. Oh wow! She was like that. She was like that is really funny. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. After that funeral, we, um, me and my sister were just walking around this church, this uh, churchyard, and then we started crying, and we were both a bit, you know, like we, we were making all the crying motions. Like there were tears, there was all the weeping, but we were sort of looking at each other like, like what, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. Because we couldn't really figure out, you know, logically, which is what we've been brought up thinking, why are we crying? We yeah. should not be crying. We did not like this man. You know, this is not a, an event where we should be sad. Yeah. So it was this very strange outpour of emotion that we couldn't rationalize. But it's a bit like you said in the church, like often it's not funny. Often it's the release of the tension. Mm. Um, and that's why when your people are dying in hospitals and hospices, like weird shit happens and you just start laughing. Well, my, my, my other friend who died also of a brain tumor, he was a comedian and, uh, Chris Joyce, I don't know if you ever met no, him. I know. I think there will still be some videos of him on, on the internet. He was very, very funny. Uh, very great guy. The first time I ever met him was at like the comedian's Christmas party, oh, the open yeah. micers Christmas party, where I'd just been like trying to see if I could snog as many comedians as possible. <laughs> and then at the very last thing of the night, I just saw. I never met him before. I just and at this point, I was really drunk, and I pointed at him and I went, "You're my boyfriend." And he went, "Yes." I'm so happy we met. And then he was, he just fully we went into this weird like role play thing. And it was just so Aww. funny. He was so funny. And then he got, um, he got a brain tumor. 
and he had been told he had two years to live. Wow. And then he wanted to go to Edinburgh and call his show um, My Penultimate Show. <laughs> I was like, that is so fucking funny. That's that so, so funny. good. That is so good. Um, he never got to he never got Aww. to do any of them. But I was like, that is that's perfect. So funny. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. That's the perfect thing to do. It's perfect. And that's what I meant thinking about the um, crying in the churchyard of like, often it's just like, emotion can, emotion's just emotion, I think. And it's either directed into all these different like boxes. And sometimes you laugh and sometimes you scream and sometimes you cry. Just because I can imagine it's, even though you didn't like him, it's, he's still your grandparent. He's still a person. It's your own mortality. And often it's the loss of the person. Like you must, I mean, well, I'm assuming, like, was it weird looking at the other side of the church and being like, why didn't I get that granddad? Yeah. Like, how comes this is happening? Yeah. And why couldn't you have been Yeah, this nice. great, nice guy. Yeah. Why couldn't, you know, why have, I think this often and, uh, people who've been traumatized in some kind of family way, you do sometimes get this, and it feels like almost a childish feeling of like you want to stomp the floor and be yeah. like, oh, why was why was that what I got? Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, but you can only react. I think you can only react the kind of age you were when the trauma happened. Yeah, because that's when it kind of got fused in your brain and like yeah. branded. And that's what I have with my dad's stuff. It's like I often react like a teenager because that's, that's when all so that emotion hit me or the trauma happened so it's very easy for me to be like fuck you guys fuck the system and fuck you all <laughs> like that's my automatic go-to and I think if yeah if you were a child or whatever age you are before you're sort of an adult you yeah. know when you sort of it's harder to tell the difference between like you know yeah. you at 25 and you at 30 I guess although you know you can but it's more distinct in charge so it's yeah you you know you react that way if you did at the trauma because you still feel it the way you did when yeah. you were 10 and it was being explained to you that this person's been a shit. You're like, well, yeah. it's not Why? fair. Yeah. Especially seeing them all crying and genuinely be, obviously they yeah. were genuinely sad he was dead. But also my go-to reaction because of my mother is rationale, you know, yeah. so I'm kind of, my instinct is to be like, why are you all crying? <laughs> you know, he is dead. It does not change anything. You yeah. know, this kind of in in unhuman thing. Yeah, yeah. I was just being like, but well, there it's was no reason. isn't it? I suppose rather than unhuman because it's just... Yeah, but it, it was like when what you said about well, because I'm human. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you can't approach emotions with, you know, That's sort of what makes us human in a way, isn't it? Like, yeah, that yeah. we're not robots. Yeah, you know, trying to figure out the maths behind why we're reacting certain ways. Mm. And I'm kind of uh, I realized it was like my last the therapist I just left a few months ago. She um, every time I was near crying. I could see she got really excited. Oh, like, no. This is, she was like, yes, go on, go on, yes. Oh, so how did that Oh, that must have been really hard. <laughs> and I was, in my head, I was like, right, okay, she's not going to win. She's not going to win. And yeah. it took a few sessions, and then I suddenly, I was, like, close to crying. And then, of course, all my, <clears throat> like, defense things kicked yeah. in, and I was like, oh, not going to cry anyways. And I just went, ha, I won. And then we had to have a long chat <laughs> about how... I don't win by not crying, and it's not a competition. But and did. it's her job. But, but you I did. Totally, but you totally, totally won. Did. You totally, totally won. She never saw me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm paying for two therapists. <laughs> so you, did you? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. You won that round. Yeah. Whether you, whether you win the game, that's oh, up yeah, to you. Oh yeah, no, no, totally lost that. <laughs> paying too much money for people to teach me how to cry, <laughs> for me to sit and make it a win-win. It's hard though, and I think it's hard if you, yeah, if you don't naturally express yourself in that way. If it's not, if it hasn't been taught to you, it's not something in your, um, 
like your tool belt almost. And then mm. when you are confronted with death, it's like, oh, well, I see films and I see other people crying. That's obviously what I'm supposed to be doing. And if you don't feel that, which often so many people don't, they don't feel, you know, I don't feel like, and oh, well, I'm sad. I mean, I was definitely sad my dad died, but we had a really complex relationship as well. So I didn't, sometimes I remember like people would talk about like, oh, oh and you've lost your daddy and I was like no no yeah that's my dad like yeah there's a there's a difference and I had a very complex relationship with my grandma who actually was a, like died not that long ago she was a lot sort of last one standing and um I always I don't know if you have this like when people talk about like their nan oh Do you know yeah the word nan yeah, it's like yeah nan yeah. is like when people have a nan they seem like they know them. They talk to them like a real member of their yeah. family, and they cuddle got, up to them. Yeah, they and... give it, and they're like, "Oh, my nan." And I think I would always not jealousy, but that sort of confusion of like, "Oh, I don't know what it's like because I had a grandmother." Yeah, she was a grandmother. Yeah, and, and as if you know, as if she was from the Victorian times. Like it was very formal, very formal, and very bizarre for all sorts of reasons. And yeah, I guess that's what you're looking at. Is like they're they're talking about like little granddaddy, aren't they? Like yeah. and you're like that's Sven. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's when the yeah, dog kicker. Yeah, the dog. God, yeah. Jesus, that's. It's really dark. It's really grim. It's, it's really, really, really grim. grim. But... And then you can't. And then you cannot blame. I I've often had the chat with my mother about if it's autism or not because mm. obviously she's not been officially diagnosed. And she's like, well, we we can't know if this is autism or if it's trauma. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah that's a very good point because <laughs> it could be. You know, if you're five years old and you see something like that, you know, yeah. no, no wonder you're gonna make sure that you don't feel. Yeah, because you have no access might to get feelings. Kick death in front of you. Yeah, exactly. So you can't really. That's also why I do need to cry in therapy because you do need to kind of rip that out. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, what I find very fascinating is um, when you do talk about death and and loss. It's often in retrospect. Mm. So my my dad left when I was. Well, he left when I was a baby, and then he came back and left again. <laughs> oh, so much fun. Thanks, thanks, Just guys. to make sure I knew what I was losing. <laughs> and, um, this is what you're missing. <laughs> oh, I see. Thank you. Um, and then he just kind of, he didn't even have the the balls to stay away completely. He would then come back every once in a while, and you'd see him for a, oh. a few weeks in the summer, then not at all for a year. So it was just like, it took me many, many years to let the dream go yeah. that he was going to be a father yeah. and he's oh, you know of course he's had a traumatic childhood as well blah 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 blah. but at some point last year he told i've not spoken to him for three four years now he told my sister that he had he'd been to the hospital and it wasn't looking good or it sounds like there's something up and that it wouldn't be unrealistic to think that he might die mm. at some point and it's really mess with my head because all you hear about loss is mm. I should have done I should have said we should have patched things up before and then there's this feeling of yeah but should you should I try yeah you know should I go back to being 14 tr like f trying to force a relationship out of this guy mm. who might want it but <clears throat> might be incapable of doing yeah, it and yeah it's such a hard you know, knowing it now, because usually people are like, oh, I wish I had known that. Yeah, you know, now yeah. I might be in that. For some people, might may might say it's a um, fortunate situation. Yeah, that I have a warning, and I can do and say all the things I would have said if I had the yeah. chance. But do you know what I mean? I do, I do. I think it's re. I think it's really complicated yeah. because I think before I did this show and before I talked about it so much, I would have been someone 
because of my experience, would be like, speak to him. It's never too late. You never know. So when someone dies, they really die. They re- And I think that, I think that's, maybe this is unfair because people have different relationships with their grandparents, but when you lose a parent, you understand what forever means. It really yeah. is like, wow, that is, that really is the end of the conversation. And that's very painful and very difficult to deal with. Having done the show and spoken to so many people and, and the different complex relationships and, and having friends who have complex relationships with their parents, I think it's not black and white. It's yeah. not simple. And it's a bit like we are saying about your mum and, and her mother's funeral. I think you sort of have to, when the relationship is complex, you have to be, it sounds selfish, but you have to think, well, what's what will I gain from it? Because you can't help them. You can't be like, you know, they're, they are far gone in their trauma and their issues. That's kind of done. But you can protect yourself. So I think with something like that, like it, it's great to have a warning. It's definitely better than not. And then, you know, you realising, oh, shit, I actually did want to see him. Because this can yeah. make you think, okay, well, do I want to see him? Yeah. But then if the decision is no, I don't think... I personally don't think people have the right to judge you on it because everyone's relationship with their fa- their father and mother is is so different. Yeah. And I think the only thing I'd ever say, I think what people mean when they say, like, you know, patch things up or, or take that chance, really what it is is, like, if there's something you need to say, you have you have to say it. And that doesn't mean positive. That doesn't yeah, mean patching yeah, but it up. Also you don't want to burst into the hospital and go, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, but then... They're dying. <laughs> I'm like half joking. If you need to say something, mean, of course, of course, if he's surrounded by people who love him, there's no point you barging in and be like, and, the, and yeah, another when thing. Were, when I was 13 <laughs> and you didn't do this, and then I was 15, and look at this card, it was a piece of shit you sent me. Like, yeah, no. But if there's a, if there is a line of communication, I suppose it's about being, it's, yeah, it's about, having hope isn't it and it sounds like having hope with him is quite a dangerous thing yeah I feel like the hope would and I think I have there was a the day before I moved to the UK we went to see a a thing together another like attempt at making it happen and I think I just said I just said it to him I was just like oh it really fucked me up that you weren't and aren't here Mm. and I was giving him all these examples of like how do I trust that people don't leave you know how do I how do I allow myself to feel like I deserve to be loved when you didn't and you were the only one who should have, you know? And then he said, and this is such a, ugh, like, it's it's so, it's hilarious when you think of it, him going, well, children don't know that there was meant to be a mother and a father, so how can they be affected when they don't have the father? Which is, there's a lot of problematic stuff in that <laughs> sentence. But it's also just, what? Not right. <laughs> like, Say what? It's like, what? You yeah. thought... What? You thought I wouldn't notice? because yeah, he was just like, this is the logic. Yeah, that's why he, you know, you can see how he got together with my mom in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, they, of course. They got some logical <laughs> stuff. Well, I like you and yes, you like course. me. We should uh, pro- procreate. And now I would like to leave. And now I'm going. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much for procreating with me. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> so, and as I said, well, children also, like if you hit a child, mm. they also don't know that that's not what's meant to happen. Mm. But you do understand that that hurts a child. Yeah. And then he was quiet for 45 minutes. <laughs> like, it was like the first time in his life he'd actually had a thought. And he was like, oh, whoa. Oh, I might have done something bad. Yeah. Wow. And then we didn't speak about it until he invited me over for a barbecue. And it was from like 6 p.m. in the evening. And at one point I said something like, oh, yeah, I just need to be out by 11. He was like, oh, you're not staying? You're not spending the night? And I was like, oh, okay. I, uh, okay. 
I've not really done that before. I, I guess I could. And then he was to- he talked for eight hours. Wow. Just talked. I had n- I did not say a word. And after <laughs> I was so bored, after five or six hours, I was like, oh, these are all stories that have one thing in common. They're all stories that he thinks expresses that he likes me. <laughs> So he'd be like, yeah, when uh, when you were born, uh, I told my secretary to... My secretary makes it sound like he was like, you know, someone yeah. sitting in the office while he was building things. Um, to contact me immediately so I could get on my bike back to your mother so I could be there for your birth. Um, but then she hadn't passed on the message. So when I came back to the office, she said, there's a message for you. Your girlfriend is giving birth. And I almost punched her. And I was like, <laughs> I don't... I was just like, what are you... Oh, that's you saying, yeah, I look, cared. Yeah, look how much I cared. I didn't punch her. Like, and I, I really wanted to. I all really you need cross. to say is, how are you? I love you. That's yeah. all you need. You don't need eight hours of every single story yeah, from yeah. when you have, then I once heard you on the radio and this is the following events. Like, <laughs> wow. So I think, I think that was my moment of, that's as much as he could probably yeah, give. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. could never, I cannot see him being capable of doing more than that. Mm. I think my fear in all of this is basically being, I think my, oh, this is going to sound really, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm afraid of being my mother, because if I ended up being my mother, I would be a very cool person, so that I would not, that wouldn't matter, but I think I'm kind of scared that all of these deaths will happen, you know, my grandmother's there, possibly maybe my dad. And then I learned to unlock a lot of feelings in therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. Oh shit, guys, come back. I'm ready. I'm ready now. I got it. I can do it. Yeah. Well, now I'm absolutely incapable yeah. of doing anything like that. You know, and, you know, that's not just grief. That's not just death. That's also the having a crush on someone. Yeah. They're into me. And then I go, oh, no, bye. I'll never speak to you again. And then suddenly I'm... I learn how to deal with feelings and intimacy yeah. and I'm like, oh, you're married now. No, okay, cool. <laughs> Would you consider that? No, okay, that, fair enough. Because I've really worked on a lot of stuff and, and I'm ready. I'm ready <laughs> for you. Yeah, but yes, you're right. I did. I guess it does look like I let you on for six months. Yeah, I do see that now. <laughs> yes, okay. Yeah, I, and I, that was hurtful. Yeah. I, yeah, but now, look at me now. But I'm really good now that I cry in front of my therapist. And, <laughs> and I don't punch the air and say I won. Like we're really cool Except about it. Accept the defeat now and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's hard. I I think I don't want to say, like as someone who's not as someone who's had to deal with has crossed that door. I guess it, when people give you that advice, it, it is just because it's such a. This is a terrible example, but I always use it, and it won't. It will only make sense to a small amount of people. But like you know, when someone hasn't done Edinburgh Festival. <laughs> And they'll be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get nominated my first year. I'm going to get it at Pleasance. I'm going to do yoga every single morning. I'm going to do yoga every morning. And um, I'm going to go to bed at nine. And I'm not going to sleep around. And you have this like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sure, babes. And you, there's no way you can say to that person, that's yeah. not how it is. Yeah. You, you could sit them down with a lecture. You could record every Adam that's ever been and show them what will happen to them. They still wouldn't believe you. They still would be yeah. like, no, no, not me. Not me. Yeah. I'm not going to get stressed. I'm not going to read reviews. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to have a really great relationship with my PR. I'm not going to do that. And I, you know, you encounter those people and you think, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then you see them mid-Edinburgh and they're, they're broken and they're pale and they just they just look like shit. And, and they're you're just, like, welcome to the club. You're like, welcome to the club. Yeah. And then the next year, they're, you know, that slightly cynical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, if someone says they're going to do it, you know, they join you in that sense of, like, you've been through this event. You yeah. You now know what it means. And 
like it's a terrible example, but that's how I feel with death sometimes. Of like, until you've been through yeah. the loss of that parent, it's it's really hard. Like you can hypothesize all you like, and you can yeah. have therapy all you like, and you can be like, oh, I think I'm going to be this, but you never really know. You yeah, never really know, not. and and that's why you just have to go with how you feel at the time. And if at the time it's like, well, I don't feel like having a relationship with them, then that has to be the right decision for now. Like you, you just can't predict and that's what's hard sometimes people in the club would be like no no Sophie we're the other side of the door we think you should go and see your dad now but like we could still be wrong you know what I mean like it's it's so personal and is it because of the forgiveness thing or is it the the regret slash forgiveness because do people have a warped relationship with the person they were once it's happened you know yeah yeah you know like when I (laughs) When I called my, just to go back to the Edinburgh metaphor, when I called my agent a day after my first show had ended, the first Edinburgh had ended, and I said, so just, uh, I'm just looking at next year's show, um, <laughs> just wondering, can you be nominated for best show the year after you've won best newcomer? <laughs> just checking, I'm just, I just wondered. And he was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Okay, babe, sure. Um, and I'm trying to, like now, I'm kind of forgiving. Oh, so, you're right, the metaphor feels weird, doesn't it? Do you think you have troubles forgiving that person that you were mm. for not doing the things that you wish you had done? Yeah, I think the only way I can think of if framing it is the definition of forever. And I think until you've lost a parent or indeed a child or, you know, maybe a sibling, <coughs> it, you think you know. So it's mm. like you think you know Edinburgh. Mm. You think you know how it will break you. Like you think you know um, and I've had this with friends who'd be like, oh, when my parents die, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. mm. like, you can totally hypothesize it and you can think how you're going to react, but you just don't know until it happens. And it could be that that's what unlocks you. Like, that's yeah. the thing that has to happen. And then suddenly, like, I think a lot of who I am now is fundamentally related to my dad dying at 15. I mean, I still would have been a bit like this, but de- I wouldn't be sat here talking about death all the time. I wouldn't be as empathetic as I've had to become because of the trauma that I went through. And so, yeah, it's, you know, the funny thing about life, like you just, you just can't tell. And I definitely think I don't, to say it's about forgiveness, I think is too, this is the wrong word, but like almost like directive of like, it's not just that it's, it's almost exactly like what you said about complex trauma. It's not this, it's not that it's all of these things. Yeah. And when they are not there, when they are really not there, and I think sometimes when people have had absent parents, they also think they know, like, well, they weren't there. It's like, yeah. it, is, it is different. It is yeah. different because dead is really the end yeah. of, there's no hope. There's not even 0.01% chance of this, that you could speak to them. And you, I think sometimes people don't realize that you, you can't pick up the phone. I can never have a conversation, ever. It's gone. And like gone and forever are really, I feel like they're such visceral concepts that it's very hard to understand until until you've yeah, absolutely. gone through it as, as a lot of things. So I think the element of forgiveness is definitely in there that you, you want to forgive the person that you were or they were and somehow find... There's definitely sometimes, you, you know, like a magical Disney world where, like, you say what you say and they say what they say and somehow it's perfect, but... And the, and the connection... Uh, the the uh... The difference between wanting to be a 30-year-old mm. adult living on her own, having a great career, you know, saying, hey, listen, if I slept with someone and they got pregnant mm. and I was not ready 
and they were my mother <laughs> and were like, you will be home by six or you will never eat. Yeah. And ah, I probably, yeah, I probably would have left too. Yeah. If I didn't have a say, you know, I, you know, that whole thing of going, yeah, you know, you're probably real great company. You know, I'd love to hang out, have a drink with you. Never going to seek, you know, any kind of compassion from you or interest or yeah, even what yeah. feels like love. But hey, great guy. We can hang out. I get it now. I'm 30 with the five-year-old, six-year-old, 10-year-old, 14-year-old inside of you that's like, oh, uh, no. Fuck you. Yeah, no. And you're like, what? So is there a part of, you know... And all this, of course, boils down to control. Yeah. Because as you say, when it's done, it's done. Mm. And you do not have that control. But right now, maybe I'm attaching a lot to the control of I am not texting him. Yeah. I am the one that... I'm you in know, control of this relationship, this. which I wasn't when I was a child. Yeah. And so there he is wanting to talk to me, and I'm not talking to him. Yeah. And what you have when they're dead is they don't care. Yeah. And that's that's such a change. Because my relationship with my dad was tricky and, and, and control and lots of aggression and tension about who was in charge and that sort of thing. And and even if you're... I think sometimes when they're alive, you you might, like you said, still be having a silent argument. Very quietly in the back of your head, there's this silent, yeah, well, I'm not texting you. And da, 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 da. and it, when there's no one to have that argument with, even though you might think, well, I'm not having it with him, but you are because you are. This, it's there in the ether, isn't it? But when they're dead, it's just you. And that's... I think that's what people mean when they're like, try and speak to people. Because what they mean is it's 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 very lonely when it's just you. Yeah. <laughs> and that, but that's not to say, you know... That's not to say you should because some people have done terrible things or there's no redemption or there's just nothing, there's no point to that conversation. And I can, to- I can totally see that. But yeah, the control, I guess, yeah, it's really difficult. You're yeah, trying to. Or I- you reach out and you're like, yes, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. And then, ready, still- and then he's like, who's this? Yeah. yeah new you phone. Know. Who did? Yeah. <laughs> so you haven't, that's the only funeral you've been to then, your grandfather's one. Yeah, I think that's the only funeral I've ever been to. And, um, My grandmother used to fantasize about it quite a lot. Not fantasize. No, no, that is the right word. Um, from when I was very young, she would talk a lot about. She gave me a list when I was, I don't know, eight maybe, of the songs she wanted sung oh, at the funeral. Wow. We would walk around uh, the the churchyard in <laughs> the little tiny village she lived in, and there's the. Do you have that in the UK? The the grave of the unknown. Oh, like the unknown soldier we have? Is that what you mean? Yes. Well, I guess in theory it's the same. So basically there's a... If you don't... If, you, if you're if you like... Um, so if you're going to pass away and there's, you have no one. Yeah, yeah. There's no one. You don't want a gravestone because it won't be kept. You know, people won't give oh, flowers and take care of it right, and stuff. okay. So you can, be, so you can just have your ashes, shatters in this bit of the churchyard. And then you just know that here are all the... Un- well, it's not the unknown, obviously, because people do know who they are, but you yeah. don't know where they are. It's just oh, like wow, a common yeah. area. So my grandmother would always say that that's where she wanted to be buried because she didn't want to be a burden oh, on wow. anyone to come and, uh, yeah. and take care of you. When I die, of course, you're not going to want to come by anymore and, and take care of my grave. And So I'm just going to be over here, the grave of the unknown. And then you never have to feel guilty about not taking, you know, that whole thing. And yeah, I'd be yeah. like eight years old going, but I love your grandmother. I will spend every single day of the rest of my life on, by your gravestone crying. And um, so that was her whole thing, was this like dramatic martyr kind yeah, of, I will yeah. be in the grave of the unknowns and you never have to think about me ever again kind of thing. So you talk a lot about that. And she wanted me to do a speech 
Do you think you would do one now? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't Sorry, know. Grandma. It's, it's kind of strange. Like, I, I think I, I did one. Did I? I think I did one at her ninety-second birthday. I think it's that was another. I think with her, it's another case of me having spent a lot of years trying to make it something it's not, make mm. her something, someone she's not. Yeah. Which I've basically done with all of them. Right? Like my stepgrand, uh, my, I try to make my mother understand feelings. I try to make my dad be a dad, my stepgrandfather to not be a psychopath, and her to kind of <laughs> mean all of the big feelings. Because mm. that's the thing about this kind of emotionless family, is that there are, you know, there are big expressions of feelings. You know, there's my grandfather, like, <laughs> crying with no tears, like a really scary clown. And my grandmother saying these grandiose things, yeah, yeah. but... Again, what she's actually saying is, you probably don't love me enough. So yeah. Another kind of emotional manipulation. So there's a lot of feelings that aren't, you know, you think there are feelings, but then actually not feelings. And then there's all the feelings that you then not allowed to or don't know how to express. So I think with my grandmother, I think I tried on her 90, 92nd birthday to do like a speech that was going to be emotional and yeah. meaningful, but it was just an act, you know, yeah. even when I was doing it, it was just like reading a script and no one actually felt anything because you're just looking around the table and everyone's broken and no, yeah. one's, <laughs> no one's been taught, you know. Yeah. And then my grandmother went up to do her own speech and I was ready to be like, right, I'm going to be crying now over this because it's going to be so sad. And it was basically a five minute stand up set. <laughs> and now at this point I was doing comedy wow. and I was just thinking... Fucking hell, she's killing it. <laughs> she was making jokes, like, wow. not even knowing that that was what she was doing. And I was like, if she'd been born 60 years later, yeah, she'd be like, get me to Edinburgh, guys. Yeah, she, I got this. I know what I can it. do. That's so interesting, isn't it? I think it's so interesting because fundamentally, what you're talking like, all of this talking about is emotional connection. Mm. And if you don't have an emotional connection with people, it's quite hard to have any connection, yeah. you know, because that's. You know, then they become commuters on a train of like, yeah. oh, hello, yeah, oh, glad you're, I'm glad you're fine, I'm glad you're not screaming in my face, but that's about as much as we need yeah. from each other, really. And yeah, I think it's really, yeah, interesting when it comes to grief of like so much of grief. I guess it's not fair, but like so much of what you expect from grief is emotional connection, and when you don't have that, the grief is. Well, maybe that. Maybe yeah. That is, maybe the grief is the lack of emotional yeah, connection. Yeah. Like I'm at this funeral i meant to be sad i almost wish i was sad because that yeah. would have meant that i had an, a relationship with this person yeah so you're yeah. kind of crying for your your tiny little cute child self who was just like yay mommy and daddy and yeah. grandpa and grandma <laughs> yeah. and we're all a big nice family everyone loves each other and then that child then realizes that none of that is as simple as it should be mm. or as you know that there is you think it should be i guess because i this i said there's so few people who actually have that simple yeah. like family situation. It should be if everyone had been psychologically healthy. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all live in the perfect if world. Everyone's mental health had been top form when yeah. they had sex and had children. It would have been really good. I'd imagine that. I know, I know. It would be. But like my my mum always says to me, she's like, you know, she's like, you'll just fuck your kids up. You will fuck your kids up. She's like, you just don't do it the way you think you're gonna. Yeah. She's like, you work so hard to not fuck them up this way, and then they turn around, and they go, you fuck me up this way, and you're like, that. <laughs> That's what you're really bothered that? about. Yeah. You're not bothered about the other thing we protected you from. The yeah. our parents, like we were really working over here. Do you not know how here. bad you could have been? Yeah. And now you're bothered about this shit. Oh, okay. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a really yeah. 
it's just it's a lot it's life it's very it's it's difficult it's difficult and I think sometimes when you're grieving for the lack of relationship that you have to kind of process that before you can grieve for the per the loss yeah. of the person because it kind of like you can't grieve for the grandfather until you grieve for we didn't have a relationship yeah 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 definitely so you have to sort of grieve the loss and and feel the pain of I wasn't able to have a relationship with a grandfather I didn't have those nice I don't have those yeah. memories that I see other people being like oh my grandpa like and then you have to think well how do I feel about them as a person and it's it's hard it's just it's just like you said at the beginning intricate and complicated but it doesn't stop yeah I guess that's what we're coming back to it doesn't stop you having meaning which I think is the nice thing like yeah. you can find meaning in those relationships you just have no control over I don't them. like not having control <laughs> though I'm really into I know. control same 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 <laughs> but I tell you what's really good for control is someone dying because it really makes you go oh there's, that's the one thing in life you have no control over at all. And you think you just accept it then? You're like, oh, okay, good. No, I'm no, you so don't glad I realize now that I never can control anything. Anyone can it. die at any time. And I think my control issues are worse because of it, but it's quite nice to have like a baseline example. Yeah. So when you are like, you know, and I have obsessive thoughts and you're driving yourself crazy, to have something that's like a, a very solid reminder of like people will die and there's nothing you can do about it yeah so when you're in lost in it no but this and i can be prepared and i want this and i do to just have this like sort of monolith of it will happen yeah and it happened and you're sort of all oh, right yeah you got through it so you sort of can go it does i mean it doesn't fix it definitely doesn't fix you as a person <laughs> definitely you still have lots of control issues um but i think it i definitely find it comforting to be like yeah Shit's gonna happen whatever I do. Whatever I go round and how many times I do this in my head or I think about this or I, you know, I try and imagine all the scenarios so I'm prepared for all of them. Shit's gonna happen. Yeah, and this is a bad, this is a very bad example because I'm not comparing a breakup to oh, yeah, loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> I was in a kind of two years sort of, no, relationship was kind of like a, on and off. Is it, will it, blah, 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 blah. And it was such like two years of just constant stress and... Oh, will he? Will he? Oh, a text. Does he? Does he love me? Does he not love me? It was this whole thing, mm. and eventually he was like, "Hey, I am yours. We are now together. I can see us living together. I can see us going on holiday together. You're it. We're us." And then it was like a week where I was like, "Oh, finally, like, finally, oh, relaxing and like letting down all of the guards and like this is finally happening." <laughs> <laughs> and then out of fucking nowhere, he was like, "Oh." Yeah, last Monday I fell in love with someone else. What? And completely blindsided me. But there was something kind of... I mean, I reacted very badly. I don't think I, anyone reacts well to that situation. No, but I kind of refused to leave his flat for 24 hours. It became very awkward. I think that's fine. <laughs> I think that's fine. And I would have still been there if yeah, I yeah. hadn't had the job. But it was... I, what, the, the only reason I'm comparing it is that... I had spent two years trying to control this yeah. and trying to be prepared for whatever. Any eventuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can never prepare yourself for someone. He couldn't even prepare himself because I've since then been like, what, what, you know, were yeah. you just stringing me along? He was like, no, genuinely. Like, I thought it was going to be us, but then I met her. I was like, I mean, yeah. Okay. None of us could have. Yeah, none of us could have written that. Seen that coming. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. She's, I didn't want him, so haha. But still, <laughs> <laughs> it, it did change something in my head. Like, for a few months, I was in this very good place because yeah. I did have sort of an acceptance of well, yeah 
you know, what it, wasn't, it wasn't even like, you know, it wasn't even one of those things where all my friends had been like, well, let's see. Yeah, he seems yeah. like a bad guy. Like everyone had been like, yes. Yeah, this is it. Finally, this is perfect. And it was, that's the only, I don't want anyone to think that I'm, you know, comparing it to grief or anything. That's not what it is. But it was just, I can kind of connect to the feeling of, yeah, there's no, that no one could have predicted that. Exactly. And then you do go through it and you're like, oh, okay, I also didn't. The reason I tried to prepare so much for what if one day maybe mm. was because I thought that then I would know exactly how to handle yeah, that. Yeah, and you don't. And oh, you don't. No. no. No one would have uh, yeah. <laughs> prepared to. I don't think that is a good comparison because I think that's, it is that thing of like sometimes life throws you really weird shit. <laughs> and there's, and you're, you know, like when you're watching a TV show and you're like, say what? That just happened? You know, like bloody Game of Thrones. You're just like, no way. And that, that, it's why we enjoy those moments because it's vicariously yeah. showing us the same as our life and life will throw you things and people will die and people will fall in love with people and surprisingly you you sound like you especially like you actually deal with it pretty well well like, i mean 15 years in therapy will yeah, do something dude. to someone nothing wrong with it nothing <laughs> it was wrong with when it. i was really uh, not emo but like a proper teenager teenager yeah, and i yeah. was like i'm super into films like films that you mm. probably wouldn't have heard of oh, i was just, yeah, um, me too. i know this very underground at uh, quentin tarantino <laughs> you probably don't know him he's very very indie uh I, magnolia was probably one of my uh, favorite films yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. a uh, don't spoiler alert don't think it's a spoiler at one point for no reason frogs yes. just start falling from the sky and some character says Sometimes that just happens. Sometimes frogs fall from the sky. And I I really connected with that on some kind of teenager level of just being like, yeah, sometimes you just don't know. What the fuck is going what on? What the fuck? Sometimes <laughs> things are just so... Who falls in love on a Monday? Yeah. Right? You can fall in love with some... But on a Monday? On a Monday? What the fuck is wrong with what you? What the fuck? It's not prepared for that to happen ever. <laughs> be less surprised if frogs fell from the sky. Yeah. Well, Sophie, thank you so much for coming to talk to me. It was thank you so much for having me. Total joy. Thank you. Thank you. You can follow Sophie on Twitter at Sophie Hagen, and it's S O F I E H A G E N. She's also on Instagram at Sophie Hagen DK. Uh, you can also buy her book now, Happy Fat, and she's currently on tour. Head to her website, sophiehagen.com, for more information on the Bubble Wrap slash Happy Fat Tour, which is a stand up and a book tour as well, and definitely worth looking at. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast and you can email thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music was provided by The Glue Ensemble and the show was very excellently edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Worcester Productions. And remember, you are not alone. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.